You're tuned to live coverage of the 2023 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. We are live from the Indiana Convention Center here in Indianapolis. And Matt, all week long, this week, we're giving Steelers Nation even more ways to consume the SNR Drive content at the annual NFL Scouting Combine. You can listen to us live here as each day from 2 yep, to 4 absolutely. through Friday on SNR. You can also get our programs, as usual, on demand where you get all your favorite podcasts. In addition, just this week, you can also watch and listen to our how, shows how here about on, that? on Radio Row each <laughs> night during the Combine on Steelers uh, on the Steelers YouTube channel. That's live on SNR uh, through, uh, through our podcast and the Steelers YouTube page. Big stuff. Big stuff. We're moving on up, huh? Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, I, I'm really enjoying Indianapolis already. I mean, there's so much going on, lots of buzz. We haven't even seen testing and all that kind of heights and yeah, weights and all that, that kind of stuff either. Yeah, I'll but, tell yeah. you this, though. So I was walking from the media room over here to the where we do the uh, the shows here mm-hmm. on, on Radio Row, and there was a guy working on the escalator over there. Yeah, I noticed. I'd use the steps. Okay. <laughs> the, one of the guys, as I was walking by, says, hey, are you Dale Lolly? He said, I listen to you and Matt on SNR every day. Okay. How about that? All right. Even in Indianapolis, people <laughs> listen to SNR. We are wide-reaching. They listen to the drive. Good stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't get that recognition. I was just saying. Maybe hey, he that wasn't up, there. Get that but if he's, out, if he's listening right now, we appreciate you, as I told him. We appreciate no, you cool. listening. We appreciate all of our listeners out there uh, making city the drive. buzzing with NFL people right oh, now. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. Awesome. If you're in the NFL, this is where you're at this week. No doubt. Unless you're no Sean doubt. McVay. Oh, yeah, I guess he didn't. Huh? His I, whole staff, I, I, I don't understand, understand that. it. I, I know that the they've changed things around. They don't have as much access, all that stuff. But are these days that important in L.A. or whatever that you know that they're going to reconstruct the zone running game or whatever? You know, yeah. I mean, that's what I don't quite understand. Like, is, what is so important to stay home for? So for me, if I'm in this situation, I want to sit down with these guys. I, the yeah. medical stuff's all going to take care of the the off field, right, you know, the right. on field stuff when they're running and tr- testing and all that stuff. That's all well and good. I want the I want the fifteen minutes of interview time with these guys. As Omar Khan said earlier today, the Steelers GM, mm-hmm. to at least get an opportunity to start the, the the process of getting to know these guys a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just being here in general, I think, is beneficial. You're going to get buzz. You're going to be around players. You're going to be around other coaches. I mean, maybe they don't want you fraternizing with other teams or trying to go get a job on the side or whatever. I mean, I get some of that or, Hey, stay out of the bars. But still, even in those meetings, there's not a lot of people allowed in those 15 minute meetings. I mean, it's a small room. I would assume Sean McVay would be one. I would think the head coach is. (laughs) And if you're the running back coach and it's a running back, you're in there. Yeah. And I, I do think the interviews are a little overrated. I've sat in two or three in my Browns time because it's 15 minutes and it goes quick. And these kids kind of know the the answers they're going to give you. But still, we were talking about on the car ride down. Like, you don't even have – and they're going to be videoed. Yeah. You know, so you don't have the inter- the time, though. You don't have the opportunity as a coach or whoever to say, oh, I would have said this here. Yeah. You know, you I'm going to follow up. You're you know? just watching a movie. You it know? goes So for a while, um, back in – this is 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. I was working uh, – I did, I did some stuff with Washington and Jefferson College as, as their – advisor for their student newspaper okay and a lot of the students at that time wanted to email their questions to the people that they were interviewing okay 
And I said, no, you need to sit down then with they somebody. Prepare and yeah. They take, I'm going to delete so this and write it again. When I'm sitting right. across a desk from somebody, or however it may be, however the interview's taking place, mm-hmm. I know when my BS meter goes off. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Like if I've got a follow up question to you know to something that they said, I can ask it right away as opposed to sending it and then That's another the email. You know, so there's just there's that, a tempo to it. There's that interaction a, right, 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 that you right, right. have with somebody where you get to know them a little bit. A little bit, at least. Yeah. You know, right. It's Again, not, it's only it's not so minutes, impersonal. But right. You might make a joke or make a smile or and whatever. I get it. You know, so right, if right. you're McVeigh, well, we only have this many picks this year. I don't want to waste that, that time on that many picks. But free agency happens. Free agency. I mean, all the undrafted Four guys. Four years from now, you know, a right, bunch right. of these guys are going to be available. And they still make a – I mean, the Rams specifically make a lot of picks, just not in the first round. Right. You know, they, they litter their roster with cheap mid-round guys to afford all their high-priced guys. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So, I, I don't know. I don't understand not being here. Uh, is there something at home that's so important? And it, don't tell me it's an expense thing. You know, you <laughs> yeah, can't afford right. a plane ticket, you know? Yeah. I mean, spared no expense. It's like – this is like Jurassic Park. <laughs> we spared no expense. You know, that's yeah. just the way it is. But that's one of the new – ways people are looking at this is do i really have to be there i'm going to get the heights and weights i can watch all the drills fine but i think there's more that interaction that that, that in prospect interaction uh matt i I, we talked about this in the drive we talked about a lot of stuff in the drive out yesterday so i've 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 got a theory i've i've come to the conclusion for me sitting here on what is this february 27 28 28 february 28 2023 um if I am drafting for the Steelers, right, I want Brian Breesey, mm-hmm. the defensive lineman out of Clemson. I want Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama, or I want Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon, at pick 17. Okay. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Um, again, February 28th, much is going to change. Absolutely. The corner group, I think, is going to sort itself out yes. dramatically because there's – there's I no think one, you and I are in the same wavelength here that Gonzalez is going to be end up being the top cornerback, and he's probably not going to be available. Yeah, I mean, he has great track background. Takes he's the ball away. This. He's big. Yeah. He's going to look good. He's muscular. So I don't think – I think he's going to be my cornerback one when it's yeah. all said and done. And well. In the mix as well. And right now – okay, let me ask you a quick question. Would you trade 17 for Gonzalez right this second? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. So, right, right, right. And I would be, trade 17 right now for any of those guys – Okay, any I of those three yet. players, I would for Gonzalez. I'd be happy with the other two. Yeah. We're just gonna call them the killer. I mean, Brucey's gonna yeah. the medicals are gonna have to check out and all that stuff. Right, right, right. But watching his tape, it's great. I, you know, I see a young Cam Hayward. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll take that. And I'll take that. Right, yeah. he would fit in very well, personality wise, learning from Cam schematically. I like the Cam Hayward comparison because he has those big, heavy hands. He has the bull rush. He'll run right through you. He can line up over a tackle anywhere it's from there athletic. to nose. He's athletic. He's the, a five-star a, recruit. A 6'5", 300-pounder who is that athletic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's power. Cam. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't dislike the fit at all. I do think when it's said and done, Porter, Witherspoon, or, yeah, Witherspoon the Illinois kid, yeah. and Gonzalez will be the first three corners off the yeah. board and gone at 17. I believe that as well. I also think, I know we haven't talked offense, but I think the top three tackles, Jones, Ohio State dude, and Skaronsky also will be See, gone. here's the thing. Here's where I differ from most of Steelers Nation. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in those guys. I didn't think you are. Because I, I don't am. think any of them are game-changing enough guys that I, I have to say, that's my starting left tackle for the next 15 or 10 years. I don't think any of them are that dynamic. 
I don't either. I don't think they're great prospects, but I think if you can get a cost-controlled starting tackle for five years, and maybe he's not even a starter right away. He may not beat out Dan Moore or whomever. Well, then I'm definitely not interested in him. Well, he might. I mean, he, you don't know that. I mean, I don't think you anoint him before he comes to Canaan, no, like no. Pouncey or one of those. But if you t- if you take a okay, so if it's if it is a Pouncey type player, mm-hmm. if it's a David DeCastro type player who is clearly the number one guy at his position. I just don't see this tackle. I don't love class. the tackle class. I don't. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that good. I, I think it's okay. Yeah. I think those guys will be starters. There's not an Ogden, but they're not they're dynamic. Right. They're not Orlando Pace. No, no, they're not. But you're picking 17. I mean, right. you'd never have a sh- chance at any of those guys, anyways. I just think tackles are so expensive, so hard to acquire. You have these these three picks on day two. That if a tackle can be cost controlled for five years, I'm very interested at 17. I also don't think those three will be there. And there's not a fourth that I want. Right. You know, so I'm with you on that. Yeah. But if I can get, again, the number one safety mm-hmm. in Branch. or Who's more than a safety? Who's more than a right. Brian Branch, to me, watching his tape, is a bigger version of Mike Hilton, who can right. also play safety for you. Yeah, right, right. Like Hilton was just a slot. Right. I mean, you he don't can, want Hilton to Brian Branch or... can play in the slot. He's an outstanding blitzer. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you great run support. He can also play some cornerback for you, and he can also go back and play deep safety. Right. And I know we have some new listeners because we've talked about this a lot, but it, it's such a matchup problem for opposing offenses to have him and Minka on the field. Oh, yeah. Because they can Who's all going do, where? Right, right, right. I mean, they can rock and roll back and forth time and time again. One of them could play single high. They both could play, you know, too deep. One of them could play man. One of them could blitz. Both of them could blitz. You know, just the possibilities are And I don't even endless. care. Like, so if, if the Steelers would resign Terrell Edmonds, yeah, I would still take Brian Branch just because he's the best defensive back on the board. Yeah, basically. You yeah, know, yeah, and that's same with KZ. Even if they signed both of them, I might because he's still your best slot guy. Right, that's the thing. Yeah. He, he would then, you know, assuming that you uh, sign Cam Sutton and Omar mm-hmm. Khan saying today that the Steelers have started discussions. Yeah, right. on that. Um, okay, well now you just leave, you can you can play Cam Sutton on the outside. You don't have to move him to the slot. Right, right. I mean, the beauty okay. of Sutton is you can do both. But right. If you're, or you draft one in day two. I mean, again, if I'm drafting Branch in the first round, that doesn't mean I'm not drafting another outside corner right. in a deep yeah. corner class. You know, I mean, I don't think that's done. You can never have too many of those. Because he's a, he's actually a safety who happens to play the slot, mm-hmm. you know? which is how the league's going. By the really, way, yeah, you know? it really is. It's amazing how many when you look at safety prospects. Yeah, how many of them actually line up in the slot in the at the college level? It's very high level. Uh, I mean, even like. Kyle Hamilton played the slot for yeah. the Ravens this year at 6'4", 210, or 215, people, or whatever he is. People might say, well, what's the reason for that, Matt? Well, it's because you've got to stop the run. You've got to stop the if run. If you've got a five foot nine slot corner, right. you're going to run at him a lot. They are. <laughs> and pull guards at him and yeah. run fullbacks at you. I know, and, by the right. way, look at all the guys who are now playing in the slot. In the that's, NFL. That's where I was going. You get a lot of tight ends. You got a lot of bigger receivers. Like, Welker and those guys were tremendous, but people are getting away from the Welker types yeah. because they don't block, you know, and they're not – a lot of those guys aren't deep threats. You know, I mean, people want, explode, want explosive plays. A lot of those guys aren't straight-line fast. Um, and the other thing is Evan Ingram, Kelsey, those guys are wide receivers. Right. I mean, they're, you could call them a TE or whatever, put them in the tight end room. But they line, they're big slots is what they are. I mean, that was kind of the Claypool experiment. You know, big slots are what people want, bigger, faster, stronger. You know I mean? It right. makes all the sense in the world. And so a little guy, especially as you, as you get farther down the field, right? You know, they have I mean, shorter arms. Sure. They, don't, they may not run as well. But if you get a guy who's a, a six-foot, 
six foot one slot mm-hmm. who's who's got some size to him. He can match up on those tight ends. He can, yeah, match, yeah. You know, he can and, get there. Henry on the ground, yeah. and you know, right, right. Mixon or Chubb or you know Dobbins or you guys who play against power teams. So yeah, I mean, it, growing up, you were a strong safety or you were a free safety, right? You know, now. There's really a third category, and that's just like a nickel safety, you know. You know, the nickel the defender. Lines. Exactly. I yeah. mean, the offense is throwing. You know, who do you deal with? Who deals with McCaffrey? Who deals with, you know, scat backs? Let alone tight ends. Sometimes, so many times, I'm sure you've heard this. How could they possibly get a linebacker stuck on Keenan Allen? Well, because they didn't have Brian Branch. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, right. somebody yeah. got the linebacker has to do something this this game. Somebody's got to right. move out there. Yep. Um, the other thing about Branch, which we've mentioned in the past, but he was – Saban is well-known at Bama as a D-back guy, and he always has one Among dude. other things. Yeah. <laughs> and, but he always has one dude on the defense that's his eyes and ears, his quarterback. It's always a defensive back. It was Minka. It was Minka, yeah. Was Minka, yeah. yeah. And it's Branch, you know. Yeah. So, I've heard some people say, I'm not sure Branch will test extremely well. I don't care. I, I don't care, as long as it's not horrible. <laughs> right. I mean, as long as it's not horrible. Because I've watched he's the gonna, tape, and I've seen him make plays all over the place. Yeah, he's going to In the size, backfield, right, on the right. edge, yep, yep, yep. In the, you know, down the field. Um, the thing I'm not fighting, I'm fighting you a little on, is I don't know on February 27th or 8th, whatever we said it was, I would accept Branch or Breesy right now. If it gets to that, and I think it will, because I think the three corners will be gone, the three right. tackles will be gone. Well, see, that's what know, I'm assuming. Right, right, right. And you know a bunch of quarterbacks are going to be gone. You hope Bijan's gone. That I'd be very happy with that. Yeah. You know. So. And here's the thing. So the way this draft sets up, because you have picks 17, 32, and 49. Mm-hmm. You can then so let's say for example you take Breesy in the first round. Yeah. So now you you scratch. I think you're done with D line. Now you're done with D line yeah, right. in 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 those other rounds. You know if you get to round seven and there's one there that you like and there's a nose. Yeah, or you take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way this draft sets up, you can then take a cornerback at 32 because there will be there will there. be one there yeah, that yeah. you're going to like, and a safety at 49. I don't know that safety's a need. Even if I assume they're going to sign one of those two safeties right. before the draft, but I wouldn't mind having a young guy in the system. Mm-hmm. Again, let, let's say let's say you don't, you know, you're not getting KZ back or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And, and if, let's face, I mean, I, as much as you I like KZ, them, right. he's thirty. He's thirty, right? And, you know, and big nickel became a foundation for them, right? And, and as it should be, because that also gives you a nickel presence, whether that's Sutton or whomever, or Minka or you know Branch or whomever, um, but. I also think that there will be plenty of attractive offensive tackles at 32. You know, right? Jones or Tennessee or Oklahoma. I mean, there's, there's yeah, a handful of those I don't goes. know that offensive line is going to be uh, – every all these mock drafts and things that we see out there are assuming the Steelers are looking at an offensive lineman with, with some of those early picks. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Oh, I, I, I think there's a lot of mistakes being made on mocks just saying – Torrance is the best offensive lineman out there. He's going to Steelers at 17. Or X is the best offensive lineman on the board. I'm putting him there because I don't know a lot about Chooks and Daniel, right. you know, because I don't study them like Steeler people do. But I think you're crazy almost no matter what your O-line looks like to turn your nose up at a cheap tackle. I mean, tackles are just hard to find, and I'm worried about – See, I, I'm I, not worried about starting five. I'm worried about number six and seven on the death chart. Oh, I, I hear you. Yeah. But are you worried about that enough to, to use the 30-second pick in the draft on it yeah. when you have needs on defense? You have needs on defense. Yeah, but some of those will be gone by then, too. Some of them will be, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. have – you need to get younger on defense. You do defense. have to get younger. I mean, I, I do you're think getting, it's going you're to getting be a long defensive draft. Your defensive line is extremely old. 
Those are the guys you count on, right? Are the guys that yeah, you yeah, count yeah. on. Right, the right, guys right. that you, you look at and say, these are going to be our, our foundational guys. They're getting up in age. Mm-hmm. You need to get younger there and, and, and infuse talent. Linebacker. Is a big problem right Is now. a big problem right, 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 right Absolutely. Yeah. At the cornerback position, again, you need to get You have questions younger. more than answers. We love Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick is now 26. Wouldn't it be nice to stagger that a little bit? Oh, of course. Have a 26 – have have Minka working with a 21-year-old mm-hmm. who now they're – you know, you've got good – you've got your expensive safety. Let's face it, Minka is one of the highest paid oh, safeties yeah, yeah. in the league. Right. And now you add a, you know, a cheaper guy next to him. Right. And who you've got, got cost control. Successor yeah. and all those things. Right. You keep playing the same style defense. Yeah. Even after Minka's gone, all those type of things. No. All those I think that's the way attractive. the roster is set up right now. Yes. The roster is not set up because all those offensive – the offensive line that they had on the field last year were all 24, 25-year-olds. Mm-hmm. It's not set up to start adding more younger guys to that group who are, who are you're going to be counting on the start. I hear you. Um, I also just think, though, you have three, maybe even four, premium picks. If one of them could be a tackle, which is oh, such I, a hard I'm not problem gonna, I'm to not going to turn my nose up at it. Right. But if, 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 I'm, if I'm measuring apples to, to, to oranges here, I'm going to lean towards a defensive guy. I understand when, that. When I'm breaking I, ties. I get that. And I keep saying cost-controlled, left tackle. I mean, the What's defense. They have is, with Dan Moore. That's what I'm saying. The defense <laughs> is expensive right yeah. now. You know, all, so much of your percentage of your cap is on defense. And you can alleviate that as these guys, Cam Hayward and et cetera, get old and aren't going to be playing football much longer. But I keep coming back to the O-line because tackles are so hard to find. And by no means are you going to get lucky, fortunate enough to only have 30, 45 snaps missed by your starting five. I get get it. But, I mean, they were able to go out and acquire cheap backups. Right. This year, guys who had 50 games of NFL experience under their belt Jesse as your Davis backups, and, guys, yeah, and you right. didn't need them. You, you just, didn't need them. Which is fine. Which, it's not going to happen thank again. Thank God in some But ways, if you have to right. plug one of those guys in and he has 50 games experience, you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. If you have to take a, a you know a, a first or second or third round draft pick and plug him in, well, you know. Who knows? You're right. going to struggle with first or, you know, with, with rookie mm-hmm. problems. No, which, I know. Which is what hurt them in, in uh, you know, 2020. Or 20, right, yeah, right, 2021. Right. They, they, they dealt with young guys right, right, growing right. pains. Yeah. No, and it's not a plug-and-play position. It's not. Especially for yeah. any of these guys that are in this draft. I, I, just, mean, I, I honestly think right now they're set up to win in 2023. Okay. I, I don't disagree. More so. I think they're going to obviously win more games in 2023 than they did in 2022. This is a small percentage. I mean, this is five, six, seven snaps a game. But I also wouldn't mind a sixth offensive line set more often, too. We right. saw very little of that. With all respect to Gentry, who's a free agent, what he brings to the receiving game, I would rather have DeWan Jones out there. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And I hear you. Crushing people. You know? I, like I said, I'm not going to turn my nose up yeah. at, at an offensive lineman, but if we're measuring two guys who have the same grade, mm-hmm. uh, I'm taking the defensive player. Okay. I think that's fair. Tackle's the only exception to that to me, just because I think that's the second hardest position to find, and I don't ever want to be shopping for one. Yeah, you know I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. We're going to take a break. He All is right. Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. The Steelers fans, the Steelers media platforms are loaded with great Steelers Combine content all week long. Visit Steelers.com and the Steelers official mobile app to hear live and on-demand SNR content, audio audio content, exclusive one-on-one video interviews with key decision makers, and daily editorial coverage by moi. 
Um, this The team uh, also has great throwback combine workout highlights on current Steelers for you to check out. That's all this week on the Steelers media platforms. We'll be back with more live from the combine right after this. Live from Indianapolis, this is the 2023 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. You know, all week long you can listen to live coverage from the NFL Scouting Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be live on Radio Row from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. all week long. If you can't catch us live, you can find all of our daily audio programming from Indianapolis, including programs in their entirety and interview carve-outs on demand in the audio section of the Steelers' official mobile app. That's all week long. SNR at the Scouting Combine. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly, and, uh, well, this is what we do. Heck, yeah, we, all uh, the time. We talk NFL all the time. And, uh, Matt, um, we were talking about uh, some positions here yeah. uh, of perhaps need for the Steelers. One thing I did, I wanted to talk a little bit about what Omar Khan had to say uh, earlier today. He, he mentioned that he was asked as GMs all across the league are about mm-hmm. what's what's the strength of this draft. And he said, you know, I think all the positions are reasonably deep in this one. It, you know, if you you go into this draft with a need or a want, you can fill it in this draft because I do I do believe there's good depth in this draft. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't think it's a particularly top-heavy draft. Yeah. You know, there's I mean, no there's like the stars aren't as many. Right, but man, it, it, you, you you can go 140 picks deep. With guys that are like, ooh, I'll take that guy. Yeah, you know, you're seeing there, there's some COVID ramifications too. A lot of these yeah. guys went to back to school for an extra year, so you get more of a crop. There's different ages coming out. There's the, the guys that only did a couple of years and are you know 20, and then there's the dudes that are 25. You know, so yeah. there there is a little bit more variety that way. I do think depth as a whole is pretty good. Um, makes me wish they had more mid round, late round well, picks. You know, which now, could since still you bring happen. That up, right, man. right. He did. He, he was asked, uh, Omar Khan, um, after day one. Of course, mm-hmm. the Steelers have the first pick of round two, which will be you'll have a full 24-hour period there. You know the phone's going to ring. He says you expect you, the phone to ring. Like, yeah. I expect to get multiple offers for that pick. I mean, no matter how the first 31 yeah. go. I mean, it's almost a foregone conclusion. And plus, if it's, some of it's just human nature. If any of us gets to walk away from our draft, think about it for almost 24 yeah. hours or whatever, and be like, Boy, I can't believe that guy's there. That guy's we really we we almost took him at mm-hmm. twenty four. Oh yeah. Well, now he's still there at thirty two. Mm-hmm. Get get on the phone with the Steelers. Let's get aggressive. Yeah. You know, that we wanted one of these two, and we can end up with both of them. Wow, that'd be great. Yeah. So I think that is a possibility. I've thrown out trading down from seventeen too. You know, I mean, if Breesy and Branch are out there as well as two other dudes, you'd be very happy with move down to twenty. You know, I mean, yeah. I I think those two picks. Yield the most in terms of results, without yeah. a doubt. I yeah. mean, but there again, that's that's the beauty of having those two picks. You know, Omar Compass asked, um, you know, if, if the if the trade with the the Bears could have worked out any better, I, I don't know how it could have. Well, the, the answer is no. <laughs> I mean, when you made the deal, you didn't know that you were getting the first pick in the round. Right? Yeah, you, know, you were hoping you were it was hoping early. It was, see, so here's I don't think they won a game since. When you're trading future picks or trading for future picks. Mm-hmm. You have to go on the work on the assumption that that pick is going to be in the middle, of more the or less, right, more or less. Right, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there's going to be some variance there, but right. I mean, you'd rather have the yeah. Texans pick than the Chiefs pick, right? You know, but when but you're right. when you're looking at the pick, you have to look at it and say, okay, would we take said you know this for the 16th pick? 
in that round. Right, 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 right. Especially if you're doing the trade value charts and yeah. things like that. If Let's say they trade down from 32 and a future pick's involved. Well, the Team X is going to give you their fourth rounder. Well, you pretty much equate that the same as any other team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, of course, you'd rather have the Texans than the Chiefs. But all in all, but you, you, you look know. at it like it's yeah. a mid-round you pick. Just, you know, especially when, you know, if, you're, and, right. if you're doing something two or three years down the road, mm-hmm. you don't know what that pick's going to be. No, no, no. I mean, things but can, you, you value them the yeah. same in terms of numeric value or you know, price in, if you're in, a, in a trade like that. Yeah. Yeah. But things, things turn around quickly in the NFL. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, they got some assets. I mean, they've, they've got the assets this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make some to make some splash, make some uh, splash. You know, when you're when you're talking about uh, maybe some quantity. You know, I mean, yeah, you right. may bring in five or six quality, premium prospects, quality right, and quantity. In a deep draft, right? Um, he also, you know, he so the Steelers right now have seven picks. He said, "I'd like to acquire seven starters with those seven picks." I think that's sure. the way you have to look at it. And it's unrealistic to think yeah. the two sevens are going to bring start. You know, but, but right. But you know, they're, you could they're turn them into the, seven starters. The, you know, the Brett Kiesels of the world, who were seventh round picks, who turn into. Mm-hmm. starters so mm-hmm. you know if you could eventually do that now is that going to happen all the time no you're no not of course hit not on all those picks i mean you get two or three starters out of any normal draft you're pretty happy with it but i yeah. my hunch and who knows i'm being a little optimistic but i would be shocked if they don't end up with four there's, there's that i mean they, maybe when not you have, day one when you have four picks in the top three rounds right by the end of their their rookie contracts you probably should have four starters yeah or four or five guys maybe you'd like five to extend. because somebody else hit behind them right exactly exactly if you have like five guys you want to extend four years from now that'd be really really nice yeah that means you yeah, had a good it draft. doesn't mean they're all superstars and pro bowlers but you know they're, they're valuable that's the thing so um i mean you take five cam suttons yeah this is the time of year, though, where we start to see the redrafts and things of that nature from mm-hmm. the 2022 draft and the gradings of the, the rookie classes and all that stuff. Right, right. Um, and you bring this up all the time. Of course, the New York Jets are going to be looked at as well. They had the, they had the best draft last year. Well, yeah, they had three first-round draft picks. That they sure better have had the, the best draft last year. Yeah, I'm going to win a lot more poker with aces <laughs> in my hand I've than got threes, three aces, you know? and you're sitting there. You know, you're the, the, gonna, you're the Rams, and you don't have a pick until – 150. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have a better draft than you. Yeah, it's hard to bluff the heck out of you, <laughs> you know, all, over and over. So, I'm not here to pick on the Ravens because we're Steelers, but but they had tons of picks as well. Yeah. Didn't take a receiver. And I'm not saying Linderbaum's bad or Hamilton's bad, or I don't know if they made any necessarily bad picks, but with their depth of why, of running or of, of, of uh, picks from that draft, as well as they had three or four third round picks. I mean, like their mid round picks four. were high quality. Yeah. They had four, and they took, like, two two uh, tight ends and a punter. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and, like, good for the Jets. I mean, they have the defense rookie of the year, the offense rookie of the year, and Brees Hall could have been the offense rookie of the year, too. And, again, they're all high picks. But Baltimore should look at the Jets and be like, our class should look more like that. Yeah, we kind of screwed this up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they took some low-value positions like centers and D-tackles and punters and tight ends, and you know. but still, it's a little odd. Yeah, I'm just looking here. Uh, the uh, Football Outsiders put out their – rankings here i'm not seeing them on here rookie rankings their, their rookie class rankings and of course okay. they had the jets i think the steelers came in 10th i say i've seen a couple and they do it based on eight to ten yeah they do it based on how much they played sure um you know what impact the, the players made uh and the jets so, in seattle are gonna be really high. they're gonna be really high because yep. they get a lot of playing time out of those rookies so when espn did a similar thing mm-hmm. i think it was espn yeah they did and they looked at it they had the Ravens in the top ten just ahead of the Steelers. Football Outsiders didn't see it that way. Really? They had the, uh, the Ravens were like 18th or something like that. Well, the thing we're not, much lower. The, the elephant in the room we're not talking about, though, is 
I'm only certain that one team in the league drafted a, fr- uh, a starting quarterback. I'm going to call him a franchise right. quarterback. He's, I don't think he's not there yet, but he's a starting quarterback. Is that more valuable than the defensive and offensive rookie of the year rolled into one? Maybe. I think so. I mean, yeah. starting quarterbacks. Threes. I think the Jets would, would trade the offensive rookie of the year for Kenny Would they Pickett? trade both those guys for <laughs> Sauce and, you know, Brees Hall or somebody, you know, for Pickett? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. they I don't mean, have a quarterback. <laughs> not having a quarterback is a terrible place to be. It's kind, of a bad, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing that on here. Now. Okay. Anyways, no but that, that just struck me as I was looking at that. I'm like, so yeah, it's interesting because to, yeah. how much, not just how, you know, if they play a lot. Because if you're on a, bad, if you're on a Texans, yeah, your rookie class played a lot. Right, right, right. It doesn't That's mean they had a too. huge impact. I mean, when the Steelers were running that 3-4 and they're drafting outside linebackers in the third and fourth round that are first-round players, but they can't even get on the field because they're yeah. stars ahead of them, that doesn't mean it was a bad pick. Right. You know what I mean? So it's all situational, too. So along those lines, if we can agree that the Steelers draft was between the 8th and 12th best after a year, a year into this thing, well, the year before that, they played a ton of rookie snaps. Yeah. So – and then you, we just talked last segment about, well, they're going to have four premium picks, maybe even more. Right. I mean, that's a three-year stretch that you might look at a decade from now and be like, that's when things started That was around. the foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's was when your foundation. The new, yeah. the new post-Roethlisberger wave, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's how that's how this goes. Because You know, the, the tough thing, the toughest thing to do in the NFL is to maintain right. excellence because the, 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 rules, the rules are set up against you to do so. Sure. Picking late in the round and – Paying a quarterback yeah. and all those things. And free agency is going to hit you, and, right? Right, you know, right. And then when you, you know, when you do have success, you got to pay those guys mm-hmm. because, well, I, I just helped you go to the, you know, the conference championship game. Pay me, pay me, right? <laughs> and then you went to Super Bowl and people overpay your free agents yeah. and that type of thing. And with all respect to the Rams, I mean, they're they're built a very different way than most teams, and they won a Super Bowl, so great. But they also had a three-year run where they were by far the healthiest team in the league. Yeah. Well, this year, that checked in. That check bounced. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and those things are out of your control. I mean, Steelers didn't expect T.J. Watt to go down and miss half the year, you know? That's something that people seem to forget about the 2-6 and six start. And I know yeah. you shouldn't be that reliant on one guy. He's defensive player of the year, though. But he's the defensive player. Yeah. Right, right. It's not like, it's not like you lost your starting safety and, he, you know, he's, right, just right. A, he's just a guy. Or, or I mean, even, you don't like to do that for that to happen, but, it, you know, it does right. happen. And but other when, teams had injuries too. You know, I mean, but when you not, had a guy, you, you lose a guy that had twenty-two and a half sacks the year before. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a big deal. I mean, just the, we even saw it whenever he returned, and he wasn't that player at that point. And yeah. really, I don't think he was any time post-injury this year. But I'm you still that, had but opponents had to pay attention. That's to what him. I say, though. The, <laughs> the way they prepared from Monday to Friday, obviously they game planned around. Well, maybe he isn't that player, but what if he is against us? <laughs> yeah, what if, what if he comes out of this and the next thing you know, our quarterback's right. laying on his back five times? I watched him last year in his whole career. <laughs> I'm not just going to treat him like he's Joe Blow. You right. know, I mean, so it, it, there's an impact there no matter what. And his, you know, their, their stats with and without him are starkly different. He's that good. You know, I mean, he right. That's is. why you pay him the way you That's pay. That's why him. you pay him the way you pay. Him. You know, right. uh, So yeah, I, I think that is. You know, he does have that kind of impact. So not having that guy available, it was. It was really the first half of the season was the perfect storm, for the Steelers or imperfect storm as it were. Yeah. You lose Watt, you're making a transition to quarterback. Well, the whole offense was so young. You're too. playing the toughest schedule in the league at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, if by chance the offense were constructed like the defense, where you had the Haywards and Fitz, you know, the, the, yeah. those guys that were stalwarts, 
you, maybe you could have overcome it, you know. I mean, but uh, the offense was all growing as a whole. You knew that was going to be the growing pains, yeah. you know. Like, you'd almost rather lost Watt at the end of the year than the beginning of the year because the offense could start to get its it legs under him a little bit more. Room, yeah. Right, right, right. Would giving you a little bit more leeway uh, with the offense to uh, you know, find its way. Yeah, yeah, as it did, you know, Because, again, to your point, you know, if, if you don't – the way the offense was playing late in the year, possessing the football, mm-hmm. moving, you know, moving Found the ball. Found its identity. Yeah. You know, right. And just pounding away. The defense didn't have to be as dominant because it wasn't on the field as much. Right, which I think is really – should make people really enthusiastic about next year. Yeah. So if you can continue to do that, Pickett takes a step forward. And I was on with Wes earlier, and he said it really well. You know, And we were talking about the offense. It's not going to be a linear climb. It's not just going to be one step forward, two steps forward. It's going to be three steps forward, five steps back, eight steps forward. You know, but in the end, if it's still going forward, your quarterback's going to have a massive ripple effect on the offense. You're going to throw for more touchdowns. Deontay's not going to catch zero touchdowns for the year. Yeah. And if if you can create explosive plays to go with that foundation you built in the second half of the season, the offense should carry its water. Yeah, you know, I, I, at a I minimum. Agree. Uh, speaking of that offense, that was another one of the things that Omar Khan uh, talked reference earlier today. He was asked about the, the situation with Calvin Austin. Say, Calvin Austin on track to, to be back and mm-hmm. be ready for all the OTAs and, and uh, mini camps and all those Good. things. Yeah, so, so you'll also infuse some people, too, that weren't on last year's team. Right. You know, And I'm not picking on Chase Claypool, but they learned a lot by trading him. Not only would I rather have the 30-second pick than Claypool. I mean, that ended up working out phenomenal. But you had to change how you played. I mean, those five skill guys were Johnson, Claypool, Pickens, most usually Najee, and Fryermuth. So you take one out, you put four or five, four or five other guys got a spike in playing time, and the style of play changed dramatically. Yeah. I mean, like for the last three years, they were like the heaviest 11 personnel team in the league. Well, that wasn't the case last year, especially post-Claypool. Yeah. You know, they, you learn how to they, play a different I, I way. I thought that they became tougher to play against. I do, too. Maybe they didn't have as much skill on the field. You know, like, with all respect to Gentry, I mean, he's a good blocker. He is what he is. But what if that guy was also someone that could stretch the field? You know, like, wow, now you're really hard to play against. You know, yeah. And multiple tight ends is hard to play against, period. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what direction – they go with all this stuff, and we're going to get a, a glimpse of it when they do actually when we actually get to the draft, and we'll probably get mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of a glimpse of it in free agency with what they prioritize. Yeah, right, right, right. They're that. going to add something to the offense. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and they already did a sneaky move by resigning Anthony Miller. Like I don't yeah. think that's a knock on Austin at all, but when they make when a team makes a quick move like that, they like them. You know, like yeah. they, they don't want to deal with. Right. Open I mean, we raved about him all, all last training camp. He was, what, I thought what he was kind of camp he was at, right? So, and then you know, it got taken away. Uh, you know, so a guy like that—that's that's again, you're playing with house money with a guy like that. Yeah, you know, it unfortunately, costs you for nothing to acquire him, right? And unfortunately for his career path, he's going to take the bird in the hand with the money. You know, and he did well in camp. They must like him. I wouldn't be shocked if he plays a fair amount of snaps next year. Yeah, you know, show if he shows that he's. Capable of doing yeah, so right, right, right. making that improvement. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, that's why I don't necessarily know that wide receiver in this draft is something that you're going to see certainly not a premium pick spent on. And, and as Coach says all the time, too, I mean, you paint the barn red when there's red paint. And I do think there's receiver depth. But there's so many receiver needy teams right now yeah. and free agencies you're gonna bad. Up, you're going to end up chasing. I, I think they position. get overdrafted more yeah. so. 
I would rather – I mean, all things being equal, I know people are going to laugh at me, but I'd rather draft a tight end than a wide receiver. Yeah. yeah I mean, if it's I'm the third you. round and I have the same grade on both, I would rather have a tight end than a wide receiver. Yeah, I'm with you. This week, we're giving Steelers Nation even more ways to consume the SNR Drive content at the annual Scouting Combine. You can listen to us live here each day, 2 to 4, on SNR. You can also get our programs, as usual, on demand where you get all your favorite podcasts. But for this week, you can also watch and listen to our shows here on Radio Row each night during the Combine on the Steelers YouTube channel. That's live on SNR through our podcast and the Steelers YouTube page. So check that out on there. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're live in Indianapolis. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. The NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Steeler fans, the Steelers media platforms are loaded with great Steelers Combine content all week long. Visit Steelers.com and the Steelers official mobile app to hear Live and on-demand SNR audio content, exclusive one-on-one video interviews with key decision makers and daily editorial coverage. The Steelers also, the team also has great throwback combine workout highlights on current Steelers for you to check out. That's all this week on the Steelers media platforms. That's kind of the cool thing because one of the things that, that, you know, you watch guys here at the combine, their workouts and everything, Mm -hmm. and we might watch it a little bit more than your average Joe. Of course. But it's kind of cool, like, to go back after the Steelers actually draft a guy and then look at Yeah, that's a good point. You kind of see what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a neat way of doing it. You could just line up. Well, these are the last four receivers they drafted. Yeah. What's in common? What's the, the, what are the commonalities? Right. Or uh, here's all the – I'm going to really be a dork, but all the <laughs> short shuttles of all the interior <laughs> offensive linemen they picked. Well, I picked that because – that's, that correlates a lot with success at the NFL level. Yeah. Does this team care about it or not? You know, right. some do, some don't. Or the L drill, the three cone for edge edge pass rushers is usually really indicative of success at the next level, bending that edge. Some teams don't care. You know, they just want to run through you. Yeah, so that, that's one way to, to uh, you know, go back and look. And, you know, I can remember sitting here a few years ago and, you know, the T.J. Watt buzz, well, I, you heard it. He's overrated. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, if his name was, was – you know, T.J. Williamson. Right, right, right. Would, would he be a first-round draft pick? As it turns out. Turns out, right. <laughs> yeah. He ended up having a really good combine, too. Yeah. People forget that part. I mean, just like Big Brother, he blew it up when he was here. But there were concerns. I mean, he came to Wisconsin as a tight end, and, you know, he wasn't a finished product and didn't have a huge body of work. But also a good edge edge rusher class, which didn't help. Yeah. It didn't hurt it, yeah. help his cause a little bit. And a little – I mean, I'm trying to think of negatives at the time. It's hard to go back in that world, but – He's a little bit narrow-waisted. He's not, you know, doesn't look like Bud Dupree, you know. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, he was a As player. Out, yeah. <laughs> it ended up just fine. So, we've already gotten some of that, too, with Joey Porter Jr. Oh, sure. You know, well, you know, would, would, would every, well, first of all, I know everybody wouldn't be mocking him to the Steelers if his name was Joey Jones. Oh, I think some people take the short end. Just, yeah, we're just, just gonna, put, put him in there. Yeah. But the fact is, is that he's going to test here. Probably really well. Really well. Yeah. And he's going to be big. one of the top three cornerbacks in this draft. Yeah. And they have a corner need. And corners are expensive. And I said this with Pickett, though, too. Like, if you scout. It, in, didn't, it didn't matter that Kenny Pickett was from Pitt. See, I think it did. because I don't think it, But I don't think in the grand scheme, they didn't take him because he went to Pitt. 
No, that's like yeah. I, I remember when Coach walked past us after they drafted James Conner. I'm like, that's a good story. Somebody says, like, I don't care. He's a good running back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't care that he beat cancer and work next door. I mean, I'm going to hand him the football and try to right. win games with the guy. But what I'm, where I'm going from is from a scouting. When you're the scout, I mean, every every team's different in terms of what they ask of you. And yes, you're a talent evaluator. But as much as anything, you gather information. So. The fact that the Steelers probably, I promise you, knew, knew more about Pickett than the yeah. Titans did and the Falcons, et cetera. Doesn't hurt. Is great. Yeah. I mean, if you can give me more information to make a decision off of, I feel more confident with it. Well, they'll probably know a little bit about Joey Porter than the Falcons will. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Well, I mean, and they knew more about, for example, T.J. Watt because Paul Crist was the coach there. Right. right, right. And he had been next door, and so you have right. that relationship with those guys. I mean, if you hit 50% of your draft picks – you're very, very happy. So if I have a chance to be 55% right on this guy because I know more than Joe, you know, the other teams do, well, that's just a logical risk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's not cheating. No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just like any scout, too. I mean, Sears have a great uh, scouting staff. They've been doing it a long time. And those dudes that walk into Auburn year after year after year have somebody that in that building that they trust. Yeah. Like, you don't want that guy, you know, or – I trust this guy to it's know. The, it's the you know, Bill it's Nunn, gathering information. It's the Bill Nunn thing. He was scouting the historically black mm-hmm. colleges before anybody else. He knew those guys. They all knew him. They all trusted him. They tell him things. And so the coach, or the coach at South Carolina State, when Donnie Shell's looking to go somewhere in, is an undrafted free agent, says, "No, you want to go to the Steelers because Bill Nunn's there." Yeah, I mean, who knows? That's, but I mean, I bet that's how that Nunn, works. I bet Bill Nunn looked at the, uh, John Stallworth and said, "That's the." 10th best player in this draft and he did and then he hit the tape and we had and then we had then you gotta wait and you gotta wait and you hope nobody else saw it right well that part oh you know it worked out just fine all's fair and love of war and the nfl yeah but like donnie shell i'm sure they had a a high grade on him but i know no one's gonna take him no one's wanting that school from the cardinals well that that was the story about stallworth is that they kept saying you could wait around, wait around to get started. Right, right. And Chuck Noll was getting antsy about, it, like, no, no, he's, he's the, the first player in the draft. He's the first far. round guy. We like him. Yeah, we like yeah, him. He's right. the first round guy. You, well, why are we waiting till round four to get him? <laughs> yeah. Well, as it turned out, you got four. Because well, I have buddies you know, five in Five Hall of Famers out of that draft. Because uh, I'm sure Mr. Nunn had friends in that building, and he's like, well, no other team came in but you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he again, he took the tape. And, and, well, in that case, it was a little shady. But you know. nobody else had a hundred on him that was good. Like yeah, uh, yeah. The, the hundred they had on him was, was four seven in wet grass, <laughs> and none none went back and reran him and had to you know. Mm-hmm. So. No, I mean his was an outlier. <laughs> but anyway, I mean gathering information makes is the job. However you do it. However you do it. If you right. gotta if you gotta take the janitor a, ba- a box of donuts to get that information, and you do. You, you right. take the janitor a box of donuts to get that information. No different than getting a medical check, and the doc says he's got a bad knee. Don't draft yeah. him. Okay. So there's going to be some of that this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously. So explain to people why one team would scratch a guy off their list for medicals and another team wouldn't. Yeah, and. I have a hard time doing that because I didn't go to med school and yeah. I can't be like, well, this ACL is a little loose or whatever, you know, whatever. But the, frankly, they get poked and prodded. And we, we had a good conversation with Max Starks to, to open the show in the 10 o'clock hour. He was talking about his experiences and, and how awful it is, really. You, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. I mean, it's just a long day. But every doctor's here or they're invited. I don't know if they all showed up. I don't really care. I'm but every team has yeah. every team has the same x-rays. He mentioned MRIs, Max. He said, I, I – 
had an ankle or a knee or something the year before he got drafted. And so they want to go and look at it to see if there's any loose bodies in right, there, right, 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 stuff. And they all get the same picture or results. Yeah. And 29 teams might be like, he's fine. Three might not. You yeah. know, just like you or I, or you take your kid to the pediatrician. Well, and that's where you too. They're where you weigh, you weigh the long-term prognosis for the guy, mm-hmm. or maybe your doctor's saying, well, five years from now, this is going to be a problem. See, that's the other thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Like I think the guard for the Chiefs that everyone's praising the Chiefs for, Trey Smith. Yeah, he's. Leading them to Super Bowls. He's he wasn't a, supposed to be a sixth-round draft pick. No. Like, his tape is Talent a second-round yeah. pick or definitely a top-50 pick. But I bet the knock on him, and I hope it's untrue, is he's just not going to have a long career. You know, yeah. like, there's a high percentage chance compared to the other guards in this draft that his career will end due to injuries or wear and tear faster than the next guy. I hope it doesn't for his case, and, you know. but it, it, And the Chiefs probably weighed that as – but we need a guard really bad, and he might start from us from day one. If we get one contract out of him, great. Yeah, especially in the sixth round. In the sixth round, right, yeah. right. But That's we where you weigh the, the, the cost versus the, mm-hmm. you know, the long-term exactly. issues. Of exactly. It. But we weren't going to spend a premium second-round pick on him. No, because that needs to be a starter, hopefully for two contracts. Yeah, hopefully you get two right, contracts right, right. out of that guy. So, so that, you know, you're going to hear some, well, that team's, you know, he, medically, they, he he didn't pass this team's medicals or that team's medicals. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he, he flunked everybody's medicals. No, absolutely not. You know, and there will be players that are off boards now, you know, that yeah. are all up there and next week are not even on the board. Like, your docs will be like, this is a – there's also liability to it, too. Right, You know, yeah. like, somebody gets hurt, you got to pay them, and it's, like, bad business, too. You know, like, we don't want to deal with that because his knee's never going to hold up. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the things that you have to weigh – uh, this week and it we're makes giving, coaches crazy. Yeah. <laughs> this week we're giving Steelers Nation even more ways to consume SNR Drive content at the annual NFL Scouting Combine. You can listen to us live here each day from two to four on SNR. You can also get our programs as usual on demand, where you get all of your favorite podcasts. But for this week, you can also watch and listen to our shows here on Radio Row each night at the Combine on the Steelers YouTube channel. That's live on SNR through our podcast and the Steelers YouTube page right here. From the Combine, he is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with Hour 2 right after this.